Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The KSL News Radio Vaccine Watch. Special coverage on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. We're into the final segment of today's episode, episode number 276. But I, I don't need to tell you that. I know you've got uh, the hash marks on the wall there right next to where you listen. I'm kidding. We, for the past week, have been focusing on the impact of the, the, the vaccine for COVID-19 has had on schools throughout the state of Utah. We've spoken to uh, many of the school districts. And uh, what I'd like to do as we wrap up each day's program this week, uh, speak not to administrator, uh, not to some union official, uh, but to a teacher or school staff member, someone who is quite literally, on the front lines of education, interacting with your children uh, every day, bearing the responsibility of educating them. That responsibility and the challenges presented uh, only compounded by the COVID-19 virus. Joining us today, uh, a teacher, uh, an educator in the Granite School District is uh, Mandy Casa, uh, who joins us now. Ms. Casa, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm well. Tell me what uh, what kind of teaching you do there in the Granite School District. So I'm an educational technology specialist, and I work with students and teachers um, with technology and integrating it into their lessons, and I go into the classrooms and teach technology to all the, the students and teachers. I'm at two schools in Granite School District. I imagine that as uh, the coronavirus showed up, your skill set became uh, incredibly valuable as we sorted out remote learning. Yes, it's been very, very, very stressful, but I think it's it's been um, an eye-opening experience for everybody. Do you think we've gotten to a point where the, the remote learning was ever offering a, a comparable education to the, the in-class education? Uh, I, think, I don't think we're there yet. I think everybody has had a really, really huge learning curve with remote learning. And, you know, I was teaching sixth grade in the spring when this happened, and we just had to, you know, pick up and take off with it. And I think we've learned a lot and I think we have uh, a lot, a long way to go to make it really, really uh, beneficial and comparable to face-to-face education. But there are some educators who are doing a fantastic job. It's very difficult to do and they've been doing a great job. Yeah. It's for, for, for some situations, almost an impossible task. And uh, some have really, really shined. Uh, I've heard some examples. I've spoken to some, both parents, teachers, uh, and students themselves that uh, really, you know, find a good rhythm in the remote learning setting. Uh, let's talk about the vaccine. Uh, first off, you don't need to answer this if you don't want, it's a, you know, personal medical stuff, but have you, have you been vaccinated? 
I have. I've gotten my first dose. I got that a few weeks ago. I'm due for my second dose on the 19th of February, so next week. Your uh, first day in the classroom after receiving the first dose, did, did your mindset change at all? Did you feel more comfortable? What was it like for you that first day coming back? I think it's really encouraging for educators right now getting this vaccine. Our district has been really great um, having it really easy enrollment and sign-up procedures, making it very smooth for us to just go and get it. And it's it's been really encouraging, and I think it's really recharged us educators because we know that we're – just a little bit more protected than we were before. So it's been it's been really encouraging. What's it meant for students? I, I imagine that some, maybe yourself, share with the students that you've been vaccinated. What are their reactions to that? I think they, I, you know, it's it's mixed. Some some are excited for us. Some, you know, they're not necessarily one way or the other. But I think it's it's really good that we're educating students on science and and what it can do to help when we're in situations like this. So they've been pretty responsive, well well worth the explanation and, and discussion. And are they, uh, you, you, did you say you're dealing with sixth graders or what age of students are you dealing with right now? Um, I teach I teach all K through six. So okay. from five-year-olds up to 12-year-olds. Well, listen, that, that whole age range uh, at, at a very uh, both impressionable and developmental stage, uh, I've asked this question of a number of educators, and I'll put it to you as well. Do, do you think that that the youngsters who are going through things the way we're living them today, uh, the the restrictions and the you know remote learning from time to time? I understand that uh, most of your students are there in the classroom, but those who have been separated from one another for a long period of time, maybe sports have been uh, dialed back. Will they have a lasting? Will there be a lasting impact on those students? As they go, as they grow and go off to life, I think the lasting impact will be memories of it. I don't think there's going to necessarily be a huge scholastic impact. I mean, re- in the long run, obviously, right now we have a lot of challenges ahead of us in the next few years to get students where they need to be. Uh, but you know, we are in a pandemic, and we're really doing the best that we can. So we really, really are hopeful as educators that what we're doing right now, that they won't have such huge um, deficits in the future and that they, that they will be, we'll just get them right back on track where they need to be. So hopefully it's just memories of what happened and, and how to learn from those things that took place this year. Yeah. Uh, youngsters, they, they are impressionable, but they are also resilient. Uh, they are. Yeah. Uh, and you, you've seen some of this resilience as you've been in the classroom. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable that they, you know, they, they, they might not understand exactly why they are always sanitizing or having to keep their masks up over their nose, but, you know, they'll do it, and they're excited to be at school, and they love seeing their friends, and they, they're excited to learn, and that's what keeps us going as educators. Outstanding. Uh, Ms. Casa, I'm grateful to you for your service as an educator, and I'm grateful to you for sharing some of that experience with us here uh, on the airwaves today. Uh, thanks again for your work. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All righty. Uh, we're going to wrap up the program here in, in just a moment, uh, letting you know how the rest of the week will play out. Uh, today is day one of the House impeachment manager's turn to present their case in the impeachment trial against President Trump. Uh, tomorrow, uh, they will likely burn through the second eight hours allotted to them, 16 total. And then come Friday, uh, it will be the turn of the defense team. We heard uh, on these airwaves from uh, attorney Bruce Castor Jr. just yesterday, plus uh, his colleague, Mr. Schoen, as they uh, defended or at least tried to 
uh, convince the Senate, the senators there, that these proceedings were unconstitutional, they not victorious, uh, the proceedings have moved on, and they will commence their defense uh, on Friday, uh, estimating about eight hours that day, and uh, allotted to them another eight hours on Saturday. Not sure if uh, not sure if Democrats or at least the House managers uh, or the defense of uh, President Trump if they will take all their time. Uh, but we will share with you what we're able to here on these airwaves, and updates uh, will certainly come throughout the afternoon and the week. Uh, That's it for me. Thanks so much for hanging out today. We are in the midst of history. It's a tragic history. The impeachment of anyone, regardless of uh, your politics, is an unfortunate circumstance. Uh, But here we are, and we're living it together, and we're learning it together. And tomorrow, we'll learn much more. Next up, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News, here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.